starts natting my 20s. <laughs> no, it's not going to work. So, sorry, everyone. I, I thought I'd go for a more Robert Evans uh, level of introduction uh, to my madness. Um, everyone, welcome to Better Homes and Dungeons, where I am doing that thing where I speak with a minority, uh, an Australian. Yes, I'm breaking. I'm I'm breaking my pattern of Americentrism. You can't stop me. I'm I'm out of control. Uh, friend, who are you, and 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 why did I ask you to be on here again? Is this where I yell out syphilis? You can yell out syphilis, absolutely. Syphilis. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> I was actually going to yell out Strahd. Oh, okay. Or Azalin, maybe. No, no. Okay, I am uh, Blake Ryan. He, him, uh, player, GM, designer. AP podcast fan. Yeah. Internet dude. <laughs> Fellow Australian? Yes, yes. Although you're from the part of Australia that was not colonised by um, criminals, so... Um, yeah, yes. So, yeah. you know, you don't get snooty with me just because <laughs> none of your ancestors burned down an Englishman's barn. Oh, yeah, well... Um, Yes, I'm in Adelaide. I quite like Adelaide. It's um, it's nice. It's a, a little bit more country, which is fine for me because I'm a tree hugger. <laughs> That's definitely a thing I can support and think is cool. Um, so Blake, um, how, how long have you been playing D and D, dude? Um, D and D I started July fifteenth, nineteen eighty nine, but you know. I, that even that group, you know, we tried Rollmaster after a while. We tried Champions, um, Traveler, Space Master, all sorts of crap. Um, but yeah, playing since '89, I started running '92. Got into Shadowrun. Uh, what else do we do? Mech. It's not Mechton. It was Mech Warrior. And. Oh. Because I like the video game of MechWarrior. That's kind of what got me into the whole Battletech universe. Okay. The the original yeah. one that had yep, really yep. terrible graphics. <laughs> yeah, I think I jumped on the second one. Okay. It was good too. Okay, okay. but bonus question. Favorite battle mech? Uh, Marauder. ERPPCs. You can't say no. <laughs> correct. I'm sorry, uh, Blake. The correct answer was uh, Timberwolf. Oh, <laughs> damn <Yes>. clans! <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm a clan. I'm, I'm, I'm house curator. <laughs> yeah, okay. Well, cool then. Okay, so um, I, I want to point out a knowing the actual day you started playing Dungeons and Dragons is is quite cool. Um, I certainly don't. So you you got that on me, my friend. Yeah, well, we're nerds. <laughs> we remember all sorts of weird stuff. <laughs> yeah, I, I've discovered. I have this weird kind of um, inverse relationship where the less important something is, the more likely I am to remember it versus the more important something is, the more likely I am to leave the room looking for that thing or going to do that thing <laughs> and I will completely dead-ass forget that thing. Yeah. I can remember The Charm of Making from Excalibur and I haven't watched it for about 20 years. The Witch? The charm of making is what Merlin says to use magic. Oh, okay. It's just made up stuff they made for the movie, which is now 
you know, 40 years old, but... Was that the Sam Neill movie, or...? No, no, no. This is way before that. This oh, one's got wait, I know the one. Liam Nielsen I'm... and Gabriel Byrne and yeah, a bunch of people in it. Oh, Patrick man. Stewart. Very young Patrick Stewart. Is that the one where, like, the young King Arthur says, and the rest of you now follow your king? No. Okay. Well, he says, we use the old ways. Speed of horse. And, yeah. Okay. There's definitely oh. some Hamlet vibes to it, actually, now I think about it. It's got Patrick Stewart in it. Yeah, well, <laughs> honorary Hamlet. <laughs> yeah, cool. So, um, you, you've played a lot of different games as well as you just, you know, showed off. Good work. Um, I, I'd, I'd like to play a lot of those games. I mean, I've, I, I got into the start of a Rifts campaign. Okay. And we all got our character creation ready, and we were about to start playing. And then just, you know, life got in the way of the Dungeon Master and I had to move countries. So, oh. yeah, it was a bit of a bomb. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I've played Rifts. I haven't run it. It's, you know, it's kitchen sink. It's whatever you want. But yeah. it's, um, yeah, we had good fun with it. It's, yeah, it's, it's a bit like Shadowrun. You've got to kind of look at all the ingredients and go, do I actually want to use it all or do I want to use this and that? and aim the game at this sort of thing. But you kind of need to be a bit of an experienced GM to get that. It's not just, oh, it has all these things, therefore I must allow all these things. It's like, no, no, you'll find a much better game if you just limit a few of them and go, this is this tone and style we're going with. That is, I think, a good idea, because I think sometimes, like, you know, as a, as a dungeon master, we try and throw in everything we think is cool. And I, I think it's like... It's a thing. It's like, it's 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 like cooking. It's it's what you don't throw in, actually makes the recipe better. Yeah. It's like simple seasoning can actually work so much better than just throwing in all of everything out of the proportions that it should be with. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, I I, I get you, and I I regret not playing my werewolf bounty hunter. <laughs> And my god, I've only just realised that I've definitely got a furry thread with so many characters I play. Yeah, a lot of mine have. I try and play, avoid playing a mundane human. They're either magical, furry, or both. Because I'm like, I don't want to be me. I mean, I mean, I'm hairy, but I'm not furry. <laughs> so you know, I try and play something else. That, that is a good pickup. Um, <laughs> that's fair. Now, now, Blake, you you you're going to be doing a thing in D and D land. What, what, what is the thing you're doing? Um, yeah, I'm working on Season of Dreams. It's actually, well, it's not so much D&D, but role-playing land. Um, it's a Powered by the Apocalypse game where you go from modern world to, um, like, a Celtic other world. Um, and by Celtic, I don't mean knights and armour Arthurian. I mean BC, it's Bronze Age, tribal sort of groups and, yeah... But when you go there, you can modify it by your dreams and stuff. So it's a bit of a dream world, a bit of a Celtic mythology, other world. And you go back and forth between there and the modern world. Okay. So, so are there social skills? Yes, of course. So you can talk the talk? Yep. <laughs> hey. Uh, yes. Yes. I'm proud of that. And there's going to be several people like, why the hell are blacks for... T-O-R-C, people. T-O-R-C. <laughs> Have fun. Uh, okay, so um, you, you... 
the, 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 I mean, you sent me basically into this thing and I thought, okay, well, that sounds pretty cool, actually. Um, what made you choose to go with Powered by the Apocalypse as opposed to hacking D&D 5th edition? Um, it's, since I found Powered by Apocalypse, I've loved the, the 7 to 9 sort of mid-range of yes but or no but um, options rather than you either fail or you pass sort of thing because mm. neither's really that interesting to a story. I like the mid-range things. And also... Um, whether you like or dislike D&D, people have um, preconceptions, for want of a better word, that this is how it is. And no matter what the GM generally says, they're like, this is how it is, this is how it's going to run. So it's a bit like going to Macca's. When you go to McDonald's, you know what you're getting. If you go in there and say, oh, I want KFC nuggets, they say, no, we don't do that here. We do McDonald's. And d is like that. People know what it is and what they're going to get and I couldn't I'm not offering D&D I'm offering a different game hmm. so sometimes you kind of have to use another system to get people to go oh this isn't D&D which is I, you know oh sorry uh, you know it, it's good and a bad thing yes it's a slightly smaller audience or whatever but you know it's good to try different things it is I I mean I um, I, I was on a, a stream with um, Polished Cryptid, who's um, another Australian. She's up in Brisbane, though. And um, we, we were talking about, like, you know, D&D and Powered by the Apocalypse. And my thing's always been, like, I... Well, not always been, but I'm also one of these people that doesn't like binary yes or no. And so my way of, like, looking at any difficulty role is, okay, well, you needed a 14, but you got a 13. So I'm going to say no, but I'm not going to say just no, no. Um, I'm going to put you in yep. a position where you can potentially turn it around and succeed at that point. Because, look, you got pretty close. And yep. and the the way I kind of like to look at it is it's like asking you to jump across, like, a thing and roll, like, so jump across a cliff or whatever. And you needed that 13. Sorry, you needed a 14, but you got a 13. So now you're holding on by one hand. So now the story has become interesting again. Yeah. Because you didn't just fail, you failed in a way that's led to more interesting problems, and interesting problems lead to interesting narrative. Yeah. Oh, I, I totally agree. However, there are people that like, if it's not written in the rules, you're not running that game properly, you're not doing it properly, and it's like, no, no, this is written in the rules, that's how Powered by Apocalypse works, and some other systems, such as, um, I think Genesis is a bit like that too. Yeah. The funny thing is, it is actually in the Dungeon Master's Guide. It's tucked away and it actually says, like, you know, you, you know, don't just be binary, you know, play around with it, allow yeah, yeah. degrees of success and failure. It's like, how did, how did we miss this? This is how we should be running it. But yeah. no, I, I like the, I like the sound of Powered by the Apocalypse. I've always wanted to play something in that. So maybe one day I'll have to make some time in, in my busy life to, to sit down and do that. Yeah, well, we, we, I think sometimes people feel a bit threatened. They're like, oh, I don't want to try another game. I like this one. I'm good at this one. It's like, you don't have to give away your favourite. You can go to a con and just try it out for yeah. a, a one-shot, a one you know? Give it a yeah. go. And then... we, we're, pay, we're playing Burn Bright. Yep. Uh, Burn Bright's great. I, I really like the system that James put together. And prior to that, we played Blades in the Dark. Um... And I like how Blades in the Dark is put together. Like, they're two very different games. Like, mm. Blades is more improv, more theatre, more, you know, 
it, it, it's so much less crunchier. It leans more towards that honey heist where it's lack of crunch. Yeah. And, you know, more on the improvisational aspects that the player can bring to it. Whereas Burn Bright's a bit more crunch, but I think it's got a it's got stronger narrative drivers than yeah. Fifth Ed D and D does. But yeah. yeah. Um but anyway, your your thing, um you are basing this on Celtic Bronze Age mythology, which is pretty cool. I, I can't think off the top of my head of anything that actually uses that period specifically. Yeah, and also, I mean, can I ask, when you say Celtic, um, which Celts are we talking about here? Um, yeah, it's, it, people always think, oh, it's, you know, dudes in Ireland or people in England around jumping around Stonehenge with mistletoe and sickles or whatever but and they would be wrong because if it's in england those would be like the angles or the saxons or the brigante or in yeah. fact if it's, if it's in stonehenge which if i recall is actually in isn't it in wales uh no it's in oh. yeah southern england just north of uh, salisbury i was about to be clever um <laughs> but um no i mean there's evidence of celts from ireland right through to turkey northern africa and they all traded and they were trading with the greeks for long before the romans sort of ever yeah. got anywhere there were so, actually greek colonies in um oh man in in uh spain hmm. yeah yep, that's one of the reasons the romans and the carthaginians went to war <laughs> but um yeah i was it, when I was well, in the 90s, I was very much into Celtic mythology and got caught up in the whole river dance music art explosion thing and read a lot of books on Celtic paganism and Druidism and that. And so to some extent, this game is a, a nod to my younger self of, well, I, I read and enjoyed all this stuff. Why don't I actually use that knowledge rather than just saying that's, you know, someone I used to know? <laughs> that's pretty fair. I've also had a lot of dreams with Celtic themes before I even know that they were Celtic themes. So I'm, um, yeah, acknowledging that part of my psyche from wherever that's from as well. That is very cool. And and, and sorry, I, I kind of trampled all over you answering the question I asked before, which is when we say Celts, <laughs> which, which Celts are we talking? Sorry. Um, yeah, just a general um, sort of Western Europe Celts. But you can, you know, if you want to source more Gaul or Frankish Celts, and you can do that when you're describing what you're doing and stuff. It's just a, a general thing of we're making it sort of Celtic, but yeah, the the group can always modify it to make it more Irish or more French or whatever. Or, or Celtiberian, perhaps. <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah. You know. Although some may find that quite Spainful. Hey. <laughs> I came into this thing and get ready for puns. There will be puns. Yes. Yes, there will. And someone's just turned this off like, oh, God. <laughs> um, and I respect that person's opinion completely. Um, now, now, the Bronze Age is... It's a period that I don't think we know a lot about. Like, it's kind of definitely that period where it's gone into myth and legend. And, like, there's some cool Bronze Age mythology. Like, you know, you've got, um, like, I think it's Finn McCool and you've, you know, just to kind of, I guess, dig in on the Irish side of things. Uh, you know, you've got Finn McCool, you've got um, uh, Cullen, the Hound of Ireland, I think he was called. Yeah, I'm not going to pronounce some of their yeah, names. Yeah, Cuchlain. Yeah, yeah. Um, Talisin was 
shape-changing every other story. But it's, yeah, it's quite interesting. But it's, uh, it was, one of the things I like is quite often, if there's a debate over who's going to be king, or quite often it's like, it's not like, pull the sword out, it's like, no, we're going to have a dance-off, or we're going to have a tail spinning off, or whatever, you know, it's not always, let's all chop each other's heads off with axes. It's like, no, no, they like the rivalry in the competition, but it's, sometimes it is social or entertaining. I I can think of several players that would love to have, like, and, and I'm now picturing, and I'm sure Horrible Histories has done <laughs> a Bronze a Age. <laughs> I love, okay, this is a story that I possibly shouldn't tell, but my youngest said something very, very bad to one of the people at Child Care. I'm not going to go into details because it's a bit... Mm. Yeah, yeah. Um, and they told us, and we were like, oh my God, we, we are just the worst parents. We have done a bad job. Where did this happen? You know, where do we start? Like, this is... And, you know, we called my mum like, hey, uh, mum, ideas, thoughts? Mm. And she's like, I don't know, but that sounds... That doesn't sound like him. And we're like, yeah. Part of me is thinking, do we start with an exorcism, maybe? (laughs) Um, And then I kind of thought, well, wait a sec. And I spoke to my older one, say, hey, um, have you and William been watching Horrible Histories? He's like, yeah. I'm like, ah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I have found the contamination. Yeah. Yes, it's funny, but it's, you got to, yeah, have it in context. Yeah, don't don't let your four-year-old watch it, probably. Yeah. But their songs are great. And, yeah, I mean, okay, so, so back to, you know, battle rapping um, Bronze Age Celts. Um <laughs> Which is now something I realized I needed in my life. I, I can definitely think of players that would like to have the more social challenges brought in and made as legitimate as, you know, going at someone with a leaf-bladed dagger. Um, as, as far as Powered by the Apocalypse go, and again, I'm showing my ignorance, is that a system where that social challenge can overtake the violent, the need for violence? Oh, Yeah. It's just up to you where you go thinking, where are you heading for this sort of thing that the moderator or GM can say, look, are you trying to get to this thing or that? And just sort of stop, hit the pause button and say, what are you trying to get out of this? Okay, this move is the one we should be handling this with then. And yeah, roll on that and go from there. Okay. And and you said also that this game jumps to the modern times. Uh, yep. Um, you go, it, you're not doing sort of one big journey to the other world and then out again like you know, um, Joseph Campbell's Hero of the Thousand Faces, classic hero's journey stuff. It is back and forth constantly, so more like uh, Garth Nix's novels or Neverwhere or Sandman. Yeah, you've got the double life. It, it, I would say if if you've got Neil Gaiman or Gaiman, um, I just don't know how to say his last name. Um, if, you, if you've got that as a vibe, because I love Neverwhere. I thought yeah, Neverwhere was a, great. Another good example, because they they're not in London the whole time, but they're going back and forth, and that's, yeah. uh, that's what this is like. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, there's, there's other books that kind of, I guess, go with this thing, but, I mean, for, from what little I remember of, you know, my own reading of books about the Celts and whatnot, they had a very interesting take on this world and the next world. Like, Otherworld was this place where, you know, wine was better, um, food was tastier. The, the the sun was warmer. 
but to balance that the danger was worse the monsters were like animals were monsters and it's like no this is like you know your good stuff's 10 here it's 11 there but the problem is so is the danger how how do how do you integrate the the moving back and forth like you know i i guess because in modern times you know your average person is more likely to try and social their way through a problem mm. was that a was that more of a move there or no you can there's different things that trigger going back and forth like using certain magical powers or if it's like a seasonal equinox you can go back and forth um but yeah i mean there's uh, people living there as well as creatures and there's always an option to either run away or talk or whatever it isn't just oh a banshee rocks up and tries to kill you you know it might be lost it might want help or whatever it might be something you faced before and you stuff wax in your ears and you know do sign language with it to um communicate or whatever there's there's never the presumption of immediate combat constantly because yeah. if you want that play diablo it's great for that but this isn't diablo <laughs> awesome i've not played diablo since diablo 2 because i'm boycotting blizzard um, <laughs> I have personal reasons. Um, but also, the, I mean, the Banshee the scenes... Hong Kong protest thing. No, before no. that. Oh, before okay. that, I, I'm I, I'm not as good a person as that. Um, that's when I stopped. I was like, no. Um, no, I I'm I I like the idea also of like a Banshee would learn a sign language because it's like, look, if there's one creature you don't want, you know, necessarily verbal talking at you it's the thing that can kill you with a scream it's like actually that makes sense <laughs> yep, yep. So, no. that's cool man um and and you said this is like a um kind of an exploration of your own dreams or dreams of celtic themes could, could you what, what are these kind of themes that people could look for in this work um of course i've gone completely blank <laughs> um just um, going on journeys to like exploring not just physically but also sort of mentally and spiritually of sort of what is this place what is different about it why do I need to go there or why is it important to other people mm. and it might be I'm getting visions of something from a past life I, that I know is over there and I'm getting hints it's over there so that's why I'm going so you've kind of got the cycle of reincarnation tied into the, the twin worlds and yeah well, I don't want to say adventuring but traveling hmm. that's really cool like I, I I like the idea of a lot of um I guess having a world that is not the world that you think it is is, is cool because it means that also I guess the players can start shaping things also like in in, in that way it kind of reminds me I guess of like things like invisible sun um I've got a buddy who's running an Invisible Sun campaign and he sends me these notes from time to time and I think, dude, this sounds like the most amazing game in the world but I have not a clue what the hell is going on. Yeah. Um, but from what he tells me, it's it's a game where the players have a lot of agency to kind of shape the world with their perceptions, their thoughts, their dreams, their desires. Yeah. And that actually that's... sounds like a real cool thing to bring in. So if that's, if that's something that your game does, yeah. that's actually pretty cool. Yeah, it might be um, you're going across a canyon 
and it's like you're you're successfully going across it but you're distracted by something from a dream you tell me what that is maybe it's you have a recurring dream of being trapped in a bakery and you can smell bread while you're crossing that canyon for some reason and it's just you have to your character has to talk about it because you just can't get it out of your head it's like a meme Hmm. as a frankish goal that would be quite painful (laughs) but um (laughs) (sighs) someone someone's just clicked off again bye (laughs) swearing at their phone that's right but i mean there's also i you know i mean i've created a game before which you know went all right but this year I've sort of been toying around with different ideas at the start of the year and it's been good to have this project to work on because, you know, while I've still got a job and I've got a son and a partner and stuff, it's it, it's still been a bloody mess for me and it's been much worse for a lot of other people. It, it's been a shitty year, so having this project to sort of ongoing work on and give me something to focus on has, has helped, helped a lot. I suppose you might get some of that from having the podcast. It gives you a regular thing to get spoons back. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know if I've said it enough um, ever, really, but the, the, the having a weekly game that's just like a quick hour catch-up with people who I've spent a lot of time with and really love spending time with and really legitimately love, um, it does a lot that's very good for my mental health. Yeah, yeah. And it's, you know, I, you know, look, we, we missed a bunch of weeks recently, but, you know, I was away, you know, somewhere without any internet and it was great. You know, it's, it's also good <laughs> to have time without the internet. That's yeah, actually yeah. really great. Uh, he says while he's talking to the person across the internet. <laughs> um, but, but it is like one of those things and I, I, I'm very, very lucky to have, I guess, so many tables I play at now. Um, like I run two that have got my my nine year old. One's with his friends, and it's a it's a game that we started to like socialize them when we had the whole lockdown. So it's like yep. look, stay in contact with your friends. Let's do this thing. Um, and I'm running another game that he's at, which is like another Margrave game from Kobold. Yep, uh, yep, yep. Um, which has a friend of mine from church, his daughter, a friend of hers from school, and potentially another friend of mine from Russian school. And I'm in a monthly game with some other people. I'm running a fortnightly Margrave game that we used to record and do an actual play podcast of, and I had to give up because, my God, I was exhausted. Um, And I'm running a professional table as well. And, you know, I'm... I've definitely noticed that my video game playing has gone down the more I get into TTRPGs. Yeah, mine too. Um, and I think that's actually a good thing. Yeah. Um, I, and I, I gotta say, I quite like actual play because if, if you want to learn the game, yeah, they're not always great for the rules, but you get the good flow of, you know, the the tone and the style of the game, but also, um, you know, if you're going from a negotiation scene to a puzzle scene to a combat scene, are they all handled the same way? Are they handled differently? So you get get a, a good taste of what the game's actually like and also if people are actually enjoying it because if they're sitting there bored you know 20 minutes in you know uh, maybe this game's not all it's cracked up to be but if they're not if they are honestly engaged with the crowd and that then you, yeah you know okay there's something in this game it's yeah. like they're road testing it for you 
Yeah, and I mean, I'm actual play podcast is something that kind of got me back into this community. Like, you know, God's Fall, um, Sneak Attack, How We Roll. Um, these are all great things that got me back into the hobby. And, you know, like listening to people having good, wonderful, stupid, fantastic, silly fun and just kind of realizing I needed that in my life was yeah. like, yeah, I want to do this actually. Because like when I played D&D, a lot of the time as a younger man, I was a teenager and we wanted everything to be gritty, dark, stupid and like, <laughs> cut the guy's head off. Yeah. Like, party, no, of, like, party of edgelords. Yeah. And, you know, that's, we don't need to do that. You yeah. know, we can we can have fun. There have been times, I generally listen, you know, going to and from work on the bus and there's been times I've had to get off the bus because I've just been laughing so hard I'm, from something that's just happened in a podcast and I'm holding my guts because I'm like, oh, man. <laughs> and And that's wonderful that a it costs me nothing and b all i have to do is you know go on twitter and say hey listen to this this episode is fantastic and they they get a warm fuzzy from that that someone yeah. acknowledged them you know i i i definitely had issues like that when i was when um sneak attack was was going but there's a bit in that where um gray in their first volume grayic like escapes from something and there's a bit where like this demon lord or whatever says hey what's your name and I'm thinking, what he should have said. I was dying for him to say, name's Greg. And he didn't. <laughs> and I was so angry at Josh Lorimer. I was practically shouting at my phone, you missed, he set you up. Mm. Uh, sheesh. Yes, sheesh indeed. Um, <laughs> Yeah. Um, now, now, one of the other things that you and I were like had in our three-minute pre-chat um, because it's like nine thirty. It was nine thirty-ish when we started. Um, was something that I think is actually a really interesting to a really interesting thing to bring up and chat about, which is if you look at standard D and D land, it's very, very like a conglomeration of Eurocentricness. Yeah. Yeah. Now, that is something I think that we can definitely get away from. Like, I think we need things like Swords Fall. We need things like, you know, Asians represent. We, we need things that say to us, hey, come and experience other people's stories. Because this will yeah. help you with your stories. Now, um, part of that brief little chat was like, look, I, I, I like the idea of moving away from this weird concept of white pride because look if you want to be proud of that your family's irish be proud that your family's irish i certainly am i mean i don't need to burn down another englishman's barn like my ancestor did but i'm pretty damn proud of that lad he did good i, I think that's an okay thing to be proud of because if you're proud of some, if you're proud of like your own stuff in such a way where you understand that hey other people are just as proud of their stuff and we should love that that's great so, all of that out the way, um, I'm not sure if that's a disclaimer or me just like, you know, like, flow of consciousness ranting. Oh, I'm with you so far, go on. Oh, oh, awesome, wonderful. So, given that you've said that, like, look, Celts could be from anywhere, like, Celts are very, very different people. Um, th this is something that is not D&D, &D, and it's not, you know, Forgotten Realms, it's not you know, your standard Dungeons and Dragons fantasy setting. Um, if you had to start saying, look, here is why this is different. 
these are the parts of this culture that I'm so in love with that I wanted people to understand this love that I have and maybe even have a bit of that love themselves. Which parts are those parts to you, sir? Um, I briefly touched on it before about, you know, you've got the competitiveness, but it's it's not always violent. It might be an entertainment duel. It might be, a, you know, dance off or tail off, you know, tail spinning competition or caber tossing came up in one session. Um, it's not a euphemism. That's an actual sport. <laughs> yes. For anyone who hasn't ever like looked into the Highland Games, I, I heartily suggest you do. Um, we couldn't practice with weapons. We practiced with the biggest thing we could find. A big bloody log. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we, throw, we throw logs, rocks. Look, we just pick up the biggest thing. We just chuck it. It's all a great for. But just the, the artistic style of the, the swirls and the tricretra and all of that, I just... I don't know, it's just always spoken to me, so it's going to be all over the place on your weapons and your armour and your belt and all of that. Um, the, I guess the, you know, when you're, if you're not at war, most of the time you're a farmer. You know, you've got a thatch hut roof and you're, you're farming animals or vegetables or both. Or you're going on some epic journey because it's your rite of passage or whatever, some more simpler lifestyle and being bronze age people aren't running around in full plate there's no armor and weapon escalation it's just yeah a lot more simpler life hmm. again this is coming back to me being a tree hugger i think <laughs> quite possibly but you know that's look that's that's definitely an energy i think we need especially these days when we're you know just focusing on destroying the planet a bit too much. <laughs> um now that, that is all very cool. Like, I, I, I mean, there's some things I know about the Celts that are, like, you know, very interesting. Like, you know, there's the, there's the standard Celtic cross. Like, they had a belief, you know, that the Celtic cross is itself, like, a, a combination of beliefs, being, you know, Christianity, um, as well as, like, a, a cycle to life. Like, a almost like a... And this is where Josh's ignorance shines through. Was it kind of a case of um, reincarnation? Um, no, that's sort of, that's more after, you know, sort of Christianity came along and stuff, so it's not more sort of where I was heading with this game, but it was, they're kind of taking Christianity and going, we're going to take bits of local cultures and weave it into this to get people to accept it. Mm. Um, not that either is better or worse, they're just, it's a, it was a branding thing, you know, get people to recognize this thing, it looks more like the local thing. Yeah, sat Christmas is around the time of Saturnalia because everyone's like, you know, celebrating anyway, so we may as well just do it. Yeah, and it's, um, yeah, I don't want to get into a religious debate. Just, yeah, the, there was a branding thing as they kind of went across Europe and to other places of let's just change it to fit in with the local cult, cult customs, and yeah, there's good and bad in each, <laughs> each yes, to their own. Yes, so. we, we can definitely agree that. But, um, yeah, but I mean, if you want to have this sort of more uh, inverted quotes primitive uh, Celtic world, and you want to bring Christianity to it, then you can have your characters do that if you want, or you can be greedy, thieving, scheming capitalists, and you know, take over all their forests and mines and stuff. It's up to you. It's your group. Make the tell the story you want to tell. You know. I guess there's also a bit of a marketing thing there with the capitalism, like, you know, with branding, one does strike when the iron is hot. 
Yes. <laughs> Blake is quite ashamed of me and it shows. Um, <laughs> but I think that's good. Now, um, you are bringing this to Kickstarter, I believe? Yeah, in uh, early December, because I think mm, releasing it in November might be bad, considering what half of the market is in America. <laughs> yeah, they, they, got, they got things on their mind. Um, a bloody mess to sort out, one might say. And that's about as political as we can get. <laughs> no, we can get more political. Mm. Oh, I Do hope not... some, some good change comes to them. <laughs> this is polite as so I can be. Vote Biden. Mm. Um, <laughs> I don't like the man immensely. I liked Bernie Sanders a lot. He was he had some cool <laughs> stuff to say. But I like also the new blood that's coming up through the Democratic ranks, like, you know, AOC and Ilhan Omar. She's who, awesome. You know, they they cool. I, I'd like her to be the next president, but I, I, I'm, hanging out to... for, <laughs> I'm, I'm hanging out for the presidency of AOC. That's going to be an awesome presidency. It would be. I jokingly said to American, how do you, uh, do you remember when you used to worry about um, Sarah Palin? And they're like, oh, we're glad that's over, but yeah, we got much worse now. <laughs> 2020 said, hold my beer. Um, <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Excellent. So you'll, you'll bring this to Kickstarter in December. Um, yep. What, what, what kind of price tier are you are you launching this with? Oh, just it's just PDF, basically. It's just $10, good to go sort of thing, because... Yeah, I, I don't know. I never saw the every everybody I know that gets the big hardback book sticks it on their shelf and never uses it. And I'm like, no, I want you to have it on your phone. I want you to enjoy reading it. I want you to play it. And if it's gonna, you know, we don't know what's happening with this COVID. So online definitely is online gaming has certainly increased a lot. So I'm like, no, I have a PDF. Hmm. And Very also, tough. is is that ten Australian dollars? Uh yes. So that's like six, seven American dollars or yeah, something? Yeah, it's, it's bugger all. <laughs> yes. It's okay. basically just, oh, wait, you know. Wait, wait, we've got to stop there. Sorry. Uh, for our American listeners, the term bugger all uh, denotes <laughs> a small amount of money. <laughs> just as you know. Uh, it's, it's, yeah, hard to. <laughs> I wonder if Canadians say bugger. I don't know. Because it's funny, they have a lot of our um, Cadbury chocolates over there. And the Americans like, what's that stuff? And it's like, that's the good stuff. That's what that is. <laughs> I I would argue the the European like Milka chocolate is the good stuff, sir. Like, there's some excellent European chocolates, but okay. American chocolate. Like, I brought some when I was over there like a while ago now, and I still have it in the cupboard because I can't bring myself to open it. <laughs> like, that's just a bit sugary, mate. Like, you know, like chocolate should have a depth of flavor. Cocoa is a bitter bean. You know, I've right. definitely, I've definitely lost listeners because I've been sliding <laughs> and making terrible puns. Yeah, no, I just wanted to, you know, well, you know, I wanted to try and recoup some funds for art and editing and stuff. It's not about this is my gaming career or anything. It's just wanted to get some money back because I put a lot into it. There's good art all the way through the book, and to some extent. You kind of need to use Kickstarter to get people's attention because being a designer is a, it's a bit like you're in a football, soccer, whatever, stadium, and everyone's waving a flag. And because everyone's got a flag, no one can really see, you know, it, it's all a bit confusing. There's so much out there. But every now and then someone will let off a flare 
and that's Kickstarter. It's like everyone stops and goes, <gasps> so you, yeah, without yeah. without something big like Kickstarter or a big name doing a stream of it, then it's kind of lost in the noise. Yeah. No, I know what you mean. I think a good Kickstarter is great. And especially if you can keep it like accessible and, you know, you, you've got like a, a, a low, I don't want to say a low bar to entry. Um, if, if you've gone about it with, in such a way that you're going for maximum accessibility, I think that's, especially in today's day and age, that's a far better way of going. Like you've yeah. got a lot more scope for people to come in and have a nice time with your thing. Yeah. Which is good. Um. Now, Blake, we always do have one last question that we ask. Shoot. Um, what is your self-care stuff at the moment? How are you taking care of Blake? <laughs> Sounds like a journal entry or something. Dear Blake. Dear Blake. I've been thinking about you recently. Get your shit together, mate. <laughs> Go on. You can do it. It's truth, Cobber. Pull your decks uh, up. No, You're going no, on like a jolly poly... Co- oh, no? No. Look, we're not doing that to the Americans. We're not doing the Austin Powers... Or the Lockstock and Two Smoking Barrels segment of like English English to the Alrighty. Americans. They wouldn't they wouldn't deal I said with it. Struth, Cobber. That's Australian. It is, and that's <laughs> why I'm saying we can't do that to them because like they won't understand what we're saying. Alright. Um, how am I taking well the, the, working on this um, season of dreams has been one of the things that helped me going. It's you know, it's been going well, it's been well received from people that have played it. Um it's giving me something to focus on because there's different bits that work differently. You know, like work on the combat system, work on the setting, blah, blah, blah. Um, but we got a corgi about three months ago and we're taking her out for walks. I have seen pictures of your corgi. She's beautiful. She is a pit of gluttonous neverness, uh, never-endingness. <laughs> she just constantly wants to eat. But, you know, yeah. We... We had two dogs and one passed away last year and we oh. thought, well, we've left it long enough. Let's um, get another one. And yeah, she's full of beans and I clean up her poo a lot because <laughs> that's the joy of having a puppy. It's like a toddler. <laughs> no, because the puppy dog learns to sit. <laughs> yes. I've had two toddlers in my life. I'm not going for a third. That's what you think. No. <laughs> Um, what else is there? Yeah, and just, you know, listening to podcasts, be it, you know, AP or chatting and stuff, it helps knowing other people are doing and making fun, cool stuff out there. Yeah. Um, we, we, I've definitely talked with a lot of people who are making and have done cool stuff this year. There's been some really, really excellent projects that have come off the ground. I was part of one. It was called Wisdom Under Fire, and it's a, a, a charity thing for Fifth Ed D&D that has, like, wombats and stuff. It's great. <laughs> I, a while back I made a product called Aussie Critters which I've you know photos from a wildlife park and then just did like a stat block mm. and I did it for Fate Powered by the Apocalypse I was in Dungeon World specifically uh, Pathfinder and 5th edition and I sold over a hundred of each of them oh good for you man that's excellent it, it's not for a lot of money but people seem to like them they're like because there's like dire wombat and regular wombat <laughs> well yeah it was called the Diptrodon I think yeah, yeah, but um, yeah. I mean, they're only cheap because it, it's it's not about the money. It's about put this cool stuff in your game. You know, it's very cool. Um, Blake, if people want to track you down, um, I I made a joke about your you know sartorial choices for the evening, reflecting <laughs> your identity. 
But how can people find you on, on Twitter, which is how we found each other? Yep. Um, it's just Blake Ryan Batman. Pretty simple. Yep. All right. Um, excellent. And that's going to be going up in December. I will be yep. retweeting and quite likely putting a tenor down. So, you know. All right. Thank right. you very much. That'll be cool. No worries. I've never Hopefully. played Power by the Apocalypse, so you you may have to show me how to play. We shall have to hook up. I run about four different types of it, so yeah, it's not hard. It's very quick to learn and jump into. Cool. Blake, thank you very much for your time. No problems at all. Thank you. Cheers.